1: You're listening to the Jason Greger show presented by playalberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense. Stay within your limit. Go to GameSense.ab.ca and learn more. Magazine. Sean, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, good to hear you. How are you guys? I'm great. Um the uh, little bit of Canadian invasion, really, on the like, obviously, Brooke Henderson's been great on the on the women's side for a long time. And many could argue she's the greatest golfer we've ever had from this country. But right now on the men's side, I think it's probably safe to say it's the deepest contingent uh, we've had five guys finish in the in the top thirty nine uh, this past weekend at the Genesis. I had one at the top and fourth. Of course, Nick Taylor won uh, the uh, the WM uh, Waste Management Open uh, in in a playoff uh, a week ago. Uh, I guess, kind of, what do you make overall of of the Canadian uh, contingent? And of those five, who do you think is the best?
0: Oh, uh, this is a question that I actually. I like asking this group of five that exact question because I don't think they know who is best. Um, I've oddly gotten most number of of the Canadians and I'm not sure why that is exactly, but um, I mean, right now it really kind of is between Nick Taylor and and Corey Connors. Uh, Corey is just the the slow and steady, amazing Irons player, always on the leaderboard. Maybe not, in contention all the time, but just kind of always is there. makes a ton of cuts. Uh, probably, like, if you had to have them vote, I think they maybe would vote for Corey, but Nick Taylor's making this name for himself as an actual closer, an actual winner, right? Like, if you look at the statistics, when it comes to Sundays in contention, when you have a chance to win, Nick Taylor has been... Without a doubt, the best Canadian and one of the best golfers, period. Uh, yeah. And so that's a pretty fun wrinkle about this whole thing. Is uh, what I really love is a lot of the Canadians have Canadian caddies too. So yeah, whenever, whenever, whenever they're playing well, it's a full Canadian affair.
1: Well, I really like I know uh had when had driven in just to watch uh Nick Taylor uh win that uh tournament. they're very supportive of one another. I think they all realize it's very difficult to to win a tournament uh, you know never mind one or two in your life just once a year is is obviously uh is super challenging um well as a guy who covers golf and uh we'll get to you you know leaving uh the u s to go to Scotland for a bit in a sec but um you know live you know with live coming up, how much do you think it has impacted? the PGA on, on a week-by-week basis? How, how is the quality of competition noticeably lower in your eyes?
0: Uh, that is a good question. I don't think the quality of competition is lower. I think some of the names that have departed have been filled in by the next – you know generation of up-and-comers really honestly to, to talk about canadians people get out of and have are starting to reach their potential at the time at which other people have left for live golf so i don't think the competition has dropped off i think this has been a particularly tough season um if you are a golf fan who really likes the best players winning all the tournaments you know if you really want Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy to win tournaments early in the PGA tour year. This has been a tough year for you, but I, I try to look at it through a different lens of like, who is the next Rory McIlroy going to be? Who is the person that's going to win four times this year that hasn't won before, or has maybe only won one time. Like who, how can, how can Nick Taylor become an, a world beater if Rory McElroy is winning all these golf tournaments, you need to kind of make room for other people to rise. And so I try to look at at least the beginning of the season through that lens, because uh, it can't always be the top five, six players winning these tournaments to really draw interest in the PGA tour. We need to make room for brothers. So I've not, I've not always seen a drop off, but um, I know that lit has only gotten stronger as the years have gone by. So there is, an element of that that goes a bit unspoken at times.
1: Oh no, definitely it's, they've gotten better. Do you see? You know, there was talk that they were going to, um, you know, become one, shall we say? And and obviously that's gone by the wayside. Do you see that unfolding here at any point in the future?
0: I do. I definitely do. Uh, the it uh, played within the last month for. Uh, settled to earn about
1: $3 billion. Yeah, we got to get a better connection or else uh, that's not good. I don't like having every uh, fourth word, unfortunately, uh, cutting in and out. So uh, we'll try to reconnect and see if we can get a better uh, connection because, yeah, that's not not good for me. It's not good for you. It's not good for anybody. So uh, we'll see. But it, it is interesting. You know, I wonder if golf fans, for those of you who are diehards and you watch all the time, do you notice a significant difference? in the uh, in the level of uh of quality of play and does you know it's a fine line is having more winners better right we'll see we don't know but uh, we'll we'll try that again hopefully the uh, the connection's a, a little bit better with uh Sean Zach from uh, Golf Magazine and uh you know, Sean, you mentioned that, you know, obviously there's there's the, uh, you know, live has improved, but I'll just let you finish your thoughts on if you think that these two will ever uh, uh, coex well, not coexist because they're coexisting right now, but will ever become one uh, as one tour again, or are we kind of destined to have the two tours m- moving forward?
0: Yeah, I appreciate your patience with me. I, I think uh, I think there's a future in which they, they do get together. Um, the money that just came into the PJ Tour, uh, will amount to about three billion, um, but that money came in largely because they want more money. <laughs> they wa- the the people who invest in the PGA Tour, this SSG group, they've signed on because they want access to the money that could come in from the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. Like this is not. Uh, a combative investment. This is the hope that they would have more investment. So as long as there is billions of dollars on the table, earmarked in a certain way for golf, for pro golf at large, I think they will take it seriously. Uh, You know, will that lead to a deal being done in the near future? I think the answer to that is no. I think on the timeline of let's say the rest of 2024, I'd be far more optimistic that a deal gets done before the end of this calendar year Um, will we see live golfers playing pga tour events this year i would still say no but i think that there's there's i'm very optimistic about the future maybe in 2026 maybe halfway through 2025 you know at some point they have a lot of big names and a lot of people that golf fans care about and uh we're reaching a critical mass where golf fans You know, they're going to vote with their eyeballs and if they watch these tournaments. And if they're just signing up to watch the Masters and the U.S. Open and the Open Championship because those have all the best golfers in the world, that's a pretty telling sign.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's totally fair. Sean Zach joins us from uh, Golf Magazine. Uh, Sean, I know you have a book coming out. Uh, You left covering... Uh, golf in North America for a bit and you went to Scotland. What, what did you uncover? Uh, you know, kind of the, the home of, of golf a little bit more in Europe than it is in, uh, in North America. What did you uncover? That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: Yeah, what did I uncover? It's a good question. I think I uncovered that uh, golf in America, I, I basically learned a lot more about golf in America by going to see golf in Scotland. Um, I I realized that you can have a an economic System for the golf industry that does not demand forty thousand dollar private golf uh, memberships, Hmm. you know, golf that can be private but also shared with guests. Okay, Um, places that do not demand that your golf course be the perfect color of green but that embraces the colors yellow and orange and brown because they don't need crazy amounts of water. You know, I just found golf in a much more simple way over there. And it kind of uh, was perfect timing because, you know, there are two elements of this game. There's the professional game and there's the amateur game. And so I found a a more simple version of amateur golf. Um, All the while the pro golf world was kind of upended. And so I kind of found myself thinking more about the structures that, Prop up this game, um, all while like uncovering news about its you know its best players in the world being uh, feeling like they're underpaid and being a bit greedy, and so it was kind of a a confluence of trajectories throughout this weird summer in golf that were happening all at the same time. And when you when you consider the history of the game over there, it, it felt like I was kind of being baptized or studying abroad in a way, and. I uh, saw myself wanting to stay in golf more than ever before when I had gotten home.
1: So if there was one thing that North America, we should bring from Europe for golf, what would it be?
0: I think the, the sharing of private golf courses over there, um, it's just not, it's just not, um, prioritized over here. And I, I say over here, meaning all of North America, but, um, I, you know, Canadians are far more generous and far more nice and than their American counterparts, so maybe it, maybe it starts in Canada. Um, but basically, you have these memberships, uh, these private clubs in Scotland, in England, that say, on Tuesdays, we are going to open our doors and we are going to have guests be able to play our best golf courses that we have, and we are not going to keep them... Uh, gated, right? We're not going to keep people out. We're going to allow people in to enjoy it. They can travel here and we might charge them a little bit more money to have the experience that they want to have Mm. this private golf experience that people talk about. Um, and those, those increased rates for travelers, for Americans and Canadians that travel to Scotland, they tend to prop up the, uh, the P and L sheets for these private clubs, there is no demand to create a ton of wealth from golf clubs. They just want to have them exist and so that they can continue to be a benefit to the surrounding area. Um, and so I, I think that sort of economic structure that golf courses use is not wow. this demand to make a lot of money, but rather to exist as a public good um, I would love to see that a lot more in America. And, you know, again, if, if, if Canada wants to beat us to it, all the more merrier.
1: That's interesting. I know there's some of the private clubs in the U S specifically, because they're like, they're huge clubs I you know, there's a few in Canada, maybe that people are like, Hey, I travel, I want to play there, but the U S has quite a few of them. And, um, you know, it's really difficult to get on and some of them never let anybody on. And, you know, it's like, there's very limited amount of players on those courses every day. Right. So now they pay for it, I guess. So it's say you you get what you pay for. Some people really like the exclusivity, but you know, is that really helping the sport is basically what you're saying?
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think the sport, we have seen a boom, um, both in Canada and America and worldwide in terms of people that are interested in this sport following the pandemic and, and, the inspiration to be outside and to be with one another outside and to be doing a thing that is ultimately really hard, but still very enjoyable. And so there are more golfers than we've had in recent years. And so we need places to put them, right? We need places for these golfers to play. And there's greater interest than ever in playing the top 100 courses in the world. Um, A lot of those courses are private and are behind closed doors and, are behind exclusive invites and i just think that we don't need to make them public at all times we don't need to make them public seven days out of the week but one day out of the week uh would just make this game a lot more open and would be far more endearing to outsiders i think
1: Hmm, it's an interesting thought sean really appreciate your time man thanks for this have a great
0: day yeah thank you take it easy